0: Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real, true stories. May the narrative be with you. At the age of 29, and in my first year of law school, I joined a fraternity, which is a little unusual. Most guys join fraternities when they're like 18, 19, freshman, sophomore year of college. But then again, I joined a really unusual fraternity. You see, the fraternity I joined is Delta Lambda Phi. We are the world's largest, first, and oldest fraternity specifically geared towards gay, bisexual, and trans men. Now, joining a fraternity is kind of like marrying into someone's family, joining a new religion, and joining a volunteer organization all at the same time. All right? You take an oath. You're suddenly surrounded by a bunch of people with their own histories and traditions. There is liturgy and ritual and a annual calendar of events that you have to follow. And you do a lot of work out in the community, which is fantastic. And this has been the best experience of my life. I have done so much in Delta Phi. I have met so many friends that I wouldn't have otherwise have met, some of whom are here tonight. I fulfilled a dream to be a stand-up comedian I even had the opportunity to almost flirt with Greg Louganis, the Olympic diver. I was hot back then. But the most important thing that I've gained from the fraternity is learning the true meaning of two very simple words. That's okay. Now, we all know those three special words that everybody is yearning to hear, those three little words that mean so much? Well, thank you. (laughs) Well, I love you too. All right, yes, I love you. But when I was growing up in the Midwest, in that society at the time, and with my extended family, love was utterly conditional, with one exception, my mother. My mother was the only person to love me unconditionally. And if that's not a stereotypical thing for a middle-aged gay man to say, I don't know what is, (laughs) but it's true. I grew up hearing things like from my grandfather, I love you, Joel, but you got a lot of quit in you. After I came out, I heard from family, we love you, Joel, but we don't allow gays in our house. So love is conditional. Now, that's okay is utterly unconditional. You can't say, that's okay, but, because it's either okay or it's not. My second year of law school, I'm 30 years old, it's the fall, we're bringing in the next pledge class into our fraternity. And I'm at the first recruitment event and I'm meeting some of the guys that I meet. When David walked into the room, I had one of those movie-like moments where I stare across a crowded room, I see him. he's a vision of beauty, and I feel this upwelling of just overpowering lust. <sighs> because this guy was perfectly my type. Followed shortly on the heels of that lust was a crushing... Catholic guilt because even though I was 30 years old at the time I was really only 16 in gay years <laughs> and followed closely on the feels of that Catholic guilt was this horror of oh my god I've become that gay guy I mean Dave was 19 I'm 30 and I was sitting in thought, a lot. So Dave comes into the, into the fraternity, and we're about to choose little brothers and big brothers. Now, being a big brother in the fraternity, it's kind of like what it sounds like. You're like a, a mentor, a spirit guide, a taskmaster. It's a very, very important relationship in any fraternity. And I had gone to the guys in our chapter who were choosing big brother little brothers, and I said, you can't possibly give me David as a little brother. And when they asked why, I brought those lawyerly skills I was learning into and completely ducked the question. But they knew. So that night, we're gathered around there announcing who Big Brothers are. They get to Dave, and they say, Dave, your Big Brother is Joel. And I was pissed. I went to them afterwards and I read them the right act. How could you do this? How could you put me in that position? How could you put Dave in such an embarrassing position to have this 30-year-old guy? What are people going to think? And I didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, luckily holiday break came. We come back in January and it's time for our annual retreat out in the mountains around Bend. And I was a nervous wreck. You know, I, I didn't know how to deal with these feelings in me. I was so nervous. Uh, the Friday night that we were there at about 3 in the morning, I seriously considered driving into town to find a priest to hear my confession. But then the next day comes and things get better. We pair off in our big brother, little brother groups to do some things. I teach Dave how to ice skate. <laughs> he was from Texas, you know. And we go out and we grab coffee afterwards. And I'm thinking... Okay, this this might be all right. He may not know what's going on here, and I'm telling about you know my life in law school and stuff and and chit chat. And he looks up at me and all of a sudden says, "You're really attracted to me, aren't you?" (laughs) And I froze. I mean, I did not know how to deal with this. I barely had two boyfriends in my life by that point. And rather than ducking the question and reverting to all the patterns I had in my past, I decided to just say, yes. And he looked and said, "Mm, that's okay. Went back to drinking his coffee. (laughs) This is a life-changing moment for me. He probably doesn't even remember it now. But this is the first time someone had said, it's okay to have feelings it's okay to be attracted to other men. It's okay to have lust. And what I learned in the fraternity, it's not what you feel, it's how you act on it. That's what matters. My third year of law school, I'm 31 years old. We're a month away from graduating. And this is one of the worst times in my life. I didn't know it at the time, but I was actually massively clinically depressed. I'd be diagnosed a couple years later. I was sort of a hipster with depression. I was depressed before it was mainstream and cool. Mm-hmm. I, I could tell you my diagnosis, but you probably never heard of it. <laughs> and all my friends and fraternity brothers are coming up to me constantly, annoyingly, saying, are you, are you okay? Is everything all right? Oh, I'm fine. I'm all right. Don't worry about me. You, you seem a little distant. You're, I'm fine. All right. So I get word that we're going to have a ritual. Now, I can't tell you the name of this ritual because it's secret. I'm going to describe it because we did it exactly the wrong way, and we don't do it this way at all. In fact, we were hazing each other when we did this. But about eight of us got together, and we sat in the middle of the living room in a circle. And we would take turns getting in the middle of the circle, putting on a blindfold, and having our big brother read us questions that we had written down to ask that person in the middle of the circle so big brother gather the questions and just read them one by one and you had to sit in the circle and you had to answer the questions before you could get up and leave and you had to answer them to everybody's satisfaction around you this is sort of forced mediation if you will now i had been told that this was This ritual had been called because there were two guys who were kind of in a love triangle and couldn't work it out. So we gathered together, first couple guys go, they get one or two questions each. The two guys who are having the love triangle, they get three or four questions each. I'm the last person. All right, so I sit down in the circle, put on the blindfold, and I'm thinking, all right, let's get this over with. Happy hour ends in an hour at the bar down the street. my big brother says, Joel, you have 14 questions. I felt sandbagged. I mean, what the fuck did they think they were doing? How could they embarrass me like this? And those 14 questions all came down to two things. One, why don't you trust us enough to tell us what's really going on with you? And two, what do you need? And I broke down crying. And my big brother hugged me. And he just whispered in my ear, it's okay. That's okay. I'm going to get you an intermission, just bear with me for one second here, I promise. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> that is why I devote most of my volunteer time to my fraternity and why I've done so in the 15 years since. I'm a better man for Delta Lenda Phi. Being part of this fraternity makes me want to be a better man still. And there are are dozens, if not a hundred of us who devote all of our volunteer time to make this fraternity work. Because we're an all-volunteer organization. But I am scared. I am scared for the future for my fraternity. You see, when I joined, I couldn't marry the guy I loved. I couldn't serve openly in the military. And I'd been fired from at least two jobs that I knew of for being gay. No fraternity would allow gay or bisexual men. They, and they didn't even conceive of trans men. Now look where we are. Look at the society we live in. And in fraternities, every single major fraternity not only accepts gay and bisexual men, but goes out and actively recruits them. And they're starting to pay attention to trans men. Additionally, there are three other fraternities out there also geared towards gay, bisexual, and trans men. And there's even a gender-neutral ferority fr- You know, so like, when, when I joined, and even as recently as like seven or eight years ago, we were the default. And now we are struggling to define ourselves. You know, you don't have to explain to the gay guy why he should come join us, the bi guy, or the trans guy, if we're the only gay man in town. Now, I, I mean, I can answer questions about why you should join my fraternity and why you should come to join our family, but we haven't answered that as, an, as, as a fraternity. You know, one of the jobs I had, the height of my volunteer career was being executive director. And when I was appointed, I was like, oh, this is my opportunity. I am going to save Delta Lambda Phi. I am going to answer all of these questions. I am going to figure out what we say to people. Even if I have to threaten, cajole, lecture, and manipulate my fellow leaders into doing so. And I did. I completely lost perspective. I completely lost perspective. Because... One of the most important things with us especially is we move forward together or we don't move, it, move forward at all. And within any fraternity, you never fight against your brothers. You fight with them and alongside them. And I had been fighting against my brothers for too long. And I realized this. And that was one of the reasons I decided to step down. I won't say I was the only problem we were facing, but I was a problem. And I knew I just had to get out of the way. So here I am, on the fringes of the fraternity, still a little bit involved, but very much alone. I haven't talked to many of those guys in too long. And I'm scared. But I have faith. I have faith that eventually my brothers will come to me and say, we know you're scared. We know you're frightened for the future. We know you're frightened about your own legacy." And we, knew, we know you kind of fucked up as executive director too. And that's okay.